Dear friends in Christ, often in counseling, when you try to understand what's going on in someone's life, to understand their present concern, you need to ask some broader questions of them. And you need to go back sometimes many years, even to a time when they were very young, to understand what's going on in their life today. You need to have a larger picture of the larger story to understand the specifics of what's happening today. Last week, Pastor Kurt reminded us in the prologue to the series uh, Epic by John Eldridge that life is a story and that we are a part, yes, of a larger story. And to understand our present situation, what we're going through this day, we need also to go back in time. For when we were born, we were born into an epic that was already, had already been underway for quite a long time. John Eldridge writes, as we heard last week, that all the great stories have uh, basically the pretty much, pretty much the same Storyline, and they get uh, that storyline basically from the scriptures. Every great story, every great classic has usually four elements, four acts. Acts one is when everything is going really pretty good. Then act two comes along, some evil uh, disrupts the good. We know that things were perfect at the beginning of the world. God created everything and saw that it was good. But then the temptation by Satan came and, and Adam and Eve uh, sinned and the fall occurred. But then there's Act 3. Act 3 of a story, usually there's a battle led by some hero. And you think of a lot of the movies that you've seen. This is so true. You know, things are okay at the beginning And then something bad happens. Evil enters the picture. But then there is a battle between good and evil. And in Scripture, of course, we see Jesus as our hero coming to do battle with Satan. And he dies on the cross, suffers and dies for us. But then Act 4 comes along. Act 4, life is restored. Everything turns out okay at the end. And in Scriptures, we see that Christ yes, overcame death, rose on the third day, and gives his people new life, now and for eternity. So to fully understand the story of redemption, that story that we talk a lot about during the Lenten season that we are in, and, and realizing that it's Act 3 and that there's an Act 4 coming, It gives us hope, even though it's kind of a sorrowful time, the Lenten season. We live as Easter people knowing that we have hope for the future. But we focus once again on what Jesus did for us on the cross in order to save the world from sin. But in order to understand what Jesus did on the cross, I believe, today we need to go back for a few minutes and look at that time that is before time our look at the larger story of Christianity. 
You see, Christianity in its true form tells us that there is an author, that there is a creator, he is the source of all things, and he has placed us in this epic. Do you recognize these words that you'll see on the screen here in a moment? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a story began. That's the way the Star Wars trilogy started. And in those words, it laid out for us the larger story, the larger picture of what was to come. When we have a story, usually it begins with those kind of words, maybe not exactly, but it gives us a, a feeling of, of what took place a long time ago, whenever that took place. Our author says that words like that arouse our curiosity about the past. And we wonder how things took place centuries or millenniums ago. How many of us have seen a movie where at the beginning it says, London, 1860, or Chicago, 1930, or something. It helps us get a picture of what this movie is going to be about and what the setting is. It gives us a larger picture of what this movie is going to be about if we understand where it started. God says in Ecclesiastes 3, He has set eternity in our hearts. We always kind of wonder what things were like way back then. And the Bible talks about that. In our first lesson that Zach read for us this morning, it it says in the very first chapter of the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This describes the beginning, you see, of the human story here on earth. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there to see the land being separated from the seas and the animals all of a sudden appearing and finally, yes, man and woman being created? But you see, to fully grasp the biblical story, you just can't start at that point. There are events that preceded even that chapter of the Bible. And if you want to look back into the once upon a time before all time, then you've got to start in our gospel today with those words. In the beginning was the word, yes, Jesus, and the word, Jesus, was with God, the Father, and Jesus was God. He was with God from the beginning, and through him, All things were made. Through Jesus, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. Wow. Now that talks about something that was occurring, a relationship that was occurring even before Genesis 1. Eldritch writes, Now we are reaching back to things prior to Genesis. And the Apostle John, who wrote this gospel, was peering back into the mystery of God's own life. Before anything else existed, 
He was trying to unveil the fact in the ancient past that there was a fellowship and intimacy, something called the Trinity. How wonderful to discover that God has never been alone. He's always been there as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Word, yes, Jesus, was with God, it says. And in Genesis, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they were all there. The whole story, you see, began with something relational. It wasn't just a lonely God out there sitting around, but there was a relationship going on. So then the question is asked, how could human personality come from something impersonal? Because there are people that believe that, that there was just some cold um, uh, divine being out there that somehow started things up many, many millions of years ago. But no, there was a relationship. There was the Trinity. Nature is not generated by a computer or by some random event long ago. God has always been in a fellowship, and the whole story began with a relational uh, being that created us then to be relational beings as well. What a difference it makes to find that at the heart of all things is, yes, a heart, a personality, a fellowship of hearts, the Trinity. In other words, reality is relational. As humans, as humans, we know what it means to be relational. Aren't the great joys and memories of our lives associated with with family and friends? We're all relational to the core. We are made, as our lesson says today, in the image of God, in the image of the Trinity. And it says in verse 26 of our lesson, it says, Let us make man in our image, referring to the Trinity. Let, Let us make human beings in our image. John Elridge reminds us that from the heart of the universe comes our beating hearts. From this fellowship of the Trinity springs all the other longings that are inside of us for friends and family and fellowship. You know, when I was growing up, I loved to go to my grandparents' home in South Dakota And living in the Twin Cities during those years, it was so fun to go to the wide-open plains of South Dakota to help drive the tractor, to explore my grandpa's sheds, and to have lots of other kind of adventures as a kid growing up on on the farm. But most of all, I enjoyed the stories my grandpa told me about farming in South Dakota in the early 1900s and and how he helped his father, who had come from Norway, to carve out a place on the prairie. These stories reminded me that I was a part of a larger story that goes way back before my dad and before even my grandfather, a story that was filled with love and faith and sacrifice. 
knowing all these things about my uh, family history gave me a feeling of, of security, knowing that I was also then an important part of the generations of the Annenson family. Yes, important parts of the story went on long before I was born, that's true. And those Annensons and the love they shared and the decisions they made way back in Norway hundreds of years ago still affect me today because of the things that happened in their life and when they came over to this country and so on affected my life. I'm a part of a larger story and that brings me joy and it brings me a feeling that, that indeed I have a purpose. We all can relate to that. We all like to hear stories about our family that, you know, from way back. And it makes us feel, yeah, we're an important part of that, that generational uh, family heritage. Being a part of a family and experiencing life together does bring much satisfaction and, and joy. As I look at my life, my greatest joys have not come from the adventures I've had alone but from the adventures I've experienced with my family. When our boys were young, every year we would go to the Iowa State Fair and had a great time. And even after they uh, left home and are on their own, my wife and I continued to go for a number of years. And then there were some years we, we didn't go. And then we decided that particular summer that we were going to go again. And at the last minute, something came up for my wife and she couldn't go. And I said, well, I'm in the mood. I'm going to go. So I drove down to the state fair, and I went in through the gate, and I started looking around, and it didn't take me very long to realize that something was missing. It was my wife and my family. And it, it was hard to, to uh, experience the adventure and the joy of that day being all alone. And it wasn't too long that I got in my car and drove home. Well, Jesus understood what it takes to really be fulfilled in life and have a purpose. And we need other people around and we need God to understand that satisfaction for life. Jesus was asked, what is the real point to life, to our existence Jesus was one time confronted with that type of question, point blank. And he said it boils down to this. Love God and love other people. To do this, he said, you'll find purpose in your life. He said everything else will fall into place if you put first things first in your life. Somewhere down inside, we know that's true, don't we? that love really is the key to all of life. Well, we all long to know friendships and the love of family, to know that that love is real, that that love will endure. But sometimes the events of this life make us wonder if love will endure. And in this imperfect world, there are those circumstances that come along in which relationships suffer. Life isn't perfect. Relationships aren't perfect. But today we must remember 
one very important thing. That no matter what happens in the years on this earth with our family and friends, we will always be a part of God's family. We have been a part of that family from the beginning, way back, even before Adam and Eve were created. Because in, in that relationship of the Trinity, there was that hope of, of life, you and me and everybody else. And in that hope and in that love, we were born. We've been born into an epic, a classic story with a golden past and a beautiful ending. There was a fellowship, yes, and there still is a fellowship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There has been a heart of love from the very beginning of time. You see, it's not a lonely universe out there, but one that was born out of love. And that love, God's love for us, goes on forever and ever and ever. And as you take in the bread and the wine today, I hope that you will experience once again our Lord's presence and his love for you, that love that allowed him to die for you and allows us to continue to have the strength that we need to go on in this sometimes loveless world we live in. May you know the power of God's eternal love in your life this week. That's Act 1 of the epic. Next week, we'll talk about Act 2. Amen.